Oh my god, good morning. Hi guys. Uh today is the seventh episode of this podcast, which is kind of unbelievable to me. I didn't really expect myself to follow through on this project for seven whole weeks, but I am having a blast doing it. And as you know, this is kind of my favorite part of my week. This is my favorite creation of the week. As a content creator, I have the most fun when I'm working on my podcast. I don't really know why. I am having a renewed sense of joy with my other content. I'm having a lot of fun making Instagram reels, so I refused to make reels for a really long time. It felt so cringy and everyone doing the trends and The main difference between TikTok and Instagram is that on TikTok, you can kind of just vlog. You can just say whatever you want and I can take you through a run and use my own voice as my audio. On Instagram, though, the things where you use your own voice and your own audio don't do as well because of the stupid algorithm. So my style of TikToking doesn't tend to translate very well to Instagram reels. However, now that I am on this trip and I'm getting lots of cool footage, I'm going to lots of cool places, and honestly, I'm just very much living in alignment with myself and my joy and who I am and it's a freaking blast so I'm having a lot more fun making reels and looking for cute little audios and putting my clips on them so that is why if you follow me on Instagram you are seeing a lot more of my content it is because I'm making reels they also pay me to make reels there's a thing called the Instagram Reels Bonus. I, one day in December, was just eligible for it, and I do that, and so I make usually a couple hundred bucks off Reels each month. Uh, They changed the structure of it, so now it's way more difficult to make money off Reels, but I don't really care. It's just kind of fun to make the Reels, so... I don't even know how we got on this tangent. This episode is completely unscripted. There will be no segments. We are not going to have any structure today. It took a lot for me to get in the right mindset. Oh my God, there was such a cute boy who just drove by in a Bronco. Are you kidding me? You guys, this is so... (laughs) Okay, so... embarrassing Mac story of the day. I yesterday was in Telluride. Oh yeah, I forgot to start with my favorite segment of all the segments. Where in the world is Mac Shea Smith today? Right now I am sitting on an overlook. I'm currently right outside of Telluride, Colorado, which is one of my favorite places. Let me turn down my gain a little bit. I feel like it's really loud. Is that better? We'll see if that's better. So I'm sitting on this overlook outside of Telluride. I love Telluride, by the way. It is my favorite place on this planet. So Telluride is this old mining town that got built into this box canyon. It has the highest density of, I believe, 13,000 foot peaks, but it could be 14,000 foot peaks. And one of the really cool parts of Telluride is they have this airport that is just insane. So the runway goes straight off a cliff. And fun story, my dad, who is a civil engineer, got sent here a lot when I was a kid to work on the airport. 
so I have like a weird little connection. And then also, this is my favorite story of all time. So if you believe in the universe and in fate making things happen, this story is for you. So my dad went to Michigan State University, as did my mother, and my dad was in a frat. He was the treasurer of DKI, which is so fucking douchey, but whatever so him and his best friend were in dki and they would do the most absurd pranks like they used to streak down greek row on their motorcycles in the winter and just they, they were just out of control and his best friend's name is herb i have met herb herb is a fucking nutcase dude he's my favorite person on this planet he's truly insane he actually hits on me in front of my dad <laughs> <laughs> and my dad just like refuses to admit that it happens but I think it's kind of funny after they graduated Herb literally just went off the grid nobody knew where Herb went he didn't have a cell phone okay my parents graduated early 90s so Herb went to law school in Salt Lake City I believe he went to University of Utah and literally disappeared jumped off the grid nobody knew where to find him they just were like yep that's her for you we don't know where he went but he's gone so my dad it is 2000 it's got to be like 2010 but they only reconnected okay I have a gap in my story here but basically the story goes a couple years ago my dad was walking around in Telluride because he was there for work and he is walking past a building and there's a little placard and it says office of Herb you know whatever the fuck Herb's last name is and my dad's like that's bizarre. I haven't heard from Herb in, you know, a decade, almost two decades, and not really sure where he went. So, but there can't be that many Herb blah, blah, blahs in this world, right? So my dad calls the phone number on the office, and it's literally his college best friend that he hasn't spoken to in like 15 years. And keep in mind, my dad had been working in Telluride at that point for a really long time. Like he had been going to Telluride and just never noticed the name until that day. Like they, they could have never crossed paths if my dad hadn't just, you know, happened to look at this one nameplate. So it's really cute. Now they go dirt biking together and, you know, Herb lives in Colorado. My family's from Arizona. So they'll meet up. I think Herb right now is in Arizona. So my dad's hanging out with Herb. But yeah, it's kind of just a cute, gentle reminder from the universe that if it's meant to be it'll be and that includes friends so I thought that was a really cute story about Telluride and I hope you liked it and I hope it brought you inspiration I think the next thing I really want to dive into is what I have been up to in the last week so the last time we spoke it was Thursday and I was leaving Jackson so I had left Jackson I did a short little pod I was pretty burned out on the pod to be honest I was not looking forward I was not in the headspace to record the podcast last week after the microphone shenanigans and all that so I'm feeling a lot better I'm feeling like myself again I will say recording the pod you kind of have to get into the right headspace for it if that makes sense it's like a performance it's like I'm going on stage for an hour I have realized that I think I do better on the pod when I'm unscripted so last week was scripted well you know outlined and I just didn't feel like I got to talk about everything I want to talk about I left out some gaps and I think when I'm in a more free flowy unscripted 
I'd said I could do that. So that's what we're doing today. Last time y'all heard from me, I was outside of Jackson getting ready to go to the Spartan race. Oh, I was at Brooke's house. See, everything's just messed up in my brain. I had signed up for the ultra. Keep in mind, I haven't been doing a ton of ultra specific training. I haven't done a speed workout since like February, and that's because of the sheer number of competitions I've been doing. Like every single weekend, I'm doing some kind of long adventure or competition or ridiculous run by myself. Like I've just been the mindset of, you know, whatever sounds fun is what we're going to do. I don't really care about results at the moment. I'm not too interested in competition. I haven't been doing CrossFit. So I stopped doing CrossFit in February when I got kicked out of my gym by my really awesome gym owner. It's a shock I have haven't been served a lawsuit yet for defamation because oh did he threaten me with one which you know you can't really do that if what you're saying is true and yeah that's kind of just what narcissists do when they can't control you they just try to threaten you with lawsuits it's hilarious it was really you know I was like a little scared but I think that was the point like he wanted to scare me into silence but I'm Mac fucking smith okay you can't scare me into science my whole life is on tiktok it's all on the internet so if you're gonna do some horrible stupid shit to me it's gonna <laughs> your your laundry is gonna be aired out and that is kind of my new motto that i'm carrying forward i will say this past weekend was such a freaking blast you know those weekends where you don't take a lot of pictures and you don't take a lot of videos because you're just having so much fun and you're just living in the moment that it's like the last thing on your mind that does not happen to me very often because being a content creator is kind of my full-time job at the moment it's my whole job to get pics and videos but it's a lot easier when I'm by myself because I don't you know, I, I, I'm such a like little people pleaser. I'm trying not to be, and I'm definitely doing a better job of standing up for myself and setting hard boundaries and not letting people walk all over me. But part of that is it's so embarrassing to make content and I'm trying to get over that because yeah, let me, I'll explain. So this weekend we have the ultra. So me and Callie were running the ultra. So my friend Callie, she's amazing, by the way. She's been a Spartan pro since I was like, she's, I think she's 26. Yeah, I'm 23. She's been a Spartan pro like since I was in college. She is awesome. She's an amazing runner. She's just a great human being, like one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. I found out she was running the ultra and I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll run the ultra. That sounds better than running the beast because the beast, I mean, it's only 13 miles, but it's harder <laughs> because you have to run at a way higher intensity. And I just didn't feel like doing that. So I said, oh, I'll run the ultra. Like, fuck it. I know. I ran like 50 miles a couple weeks ago. I did the 24-hour race. Like I ran 17 miles on Monday. It's really not a big deal to run an ultra, okay? We immediately start the race and I just feel awful. I I was so exhausted. I've never started a race and immediately just felt terrible. And that is kind of the nature of running, some days it clicks, some days it really sucks. And for me, it just happened to really suck. It took me like five and a half hours to get through my first lap. So my first lap was, I think, 17 miles it ended up being with about 5,000 feet of gain. I think more than that, actually. That's a lot of gain. I, it was hot. I, I hate making excuses because I just feel like the excuses cover the result. Like, I actually do believe 
that in ultra running unless you fall and break a bone you can fight through pretty much anything so I did roll my ankle pretty aggressively at the Mexico race about a month ago and it is still swollen I did keep re-rolling it to the point where I felt very insecure running downhill like I was definitely worried about hurting myself and my ankle definitely was very much hurting when I called it quits that said I just don't think oh my fucking god hang on okay sorry I'm at this overlook and I swear to god I (laughs) people keep pulling right up to my car I was literally in bed in the Prius and this jeep came out whatever okay so I do believe that in ultra running you really can get through almost anything like yeah feeling horrible sucks but it's kind of just a requirement in ultra running it's gonna happen you're not gonna feel very good sometimes it's great to have a first ultra running experience because that makes you believe that there's brighter days ahead but in ultra running you truly just have a lot of suffering to look forward to so like Callie had a great day it was Callie's first ultra and she was like this is awesome I love this I'm having a great time and we were all like we are so stoked that you had a good first ultra experience because it gets it gets rough (laughs) so I'm in the ultra immediately in pain just immediately hating everything I'm not feeling good I'm exhausted I have no energy everything sucks and obstacles just aren't going well my hands feel completely shredded it just it just wasn't really my day so as I'm going about my first loop I'm telling myself that if I all I have to do is get to the first transition area and then I can reevaluate. All I have to do is complete the 17 mile lap and then I will reevaluate what's going on here. So first lap sucks, obviously. Uh, I was really happy. I started feeling a lot better when I was down in the obstacle gauntlet. Like I got through the rig fine and you know, didn't fail. I made my spear, everything was great. And I was like, oh, well, you know, everything's going well. This is, I'm feeling a lot better. Um, But I knew, I knew, I knew there was no way I was going to be turning around and getting back out on that big old mountain. (laughs) So I pull into the transition area. Nobody's there. All my friends are done. So everyone I know raced the beast, which is the shorter distance because it was the elite series race. Like, literally all of my friends raced it, except for Callie. So, uh, I text Alicia Cooker, who I adore more than anybody on this entire planet. I text her that I'm in the transition area. Here, I can actually read the text. They're hilarious. Oh, my God. It's so funny. (laughs) Saturday, 11.55 a.m. W-Y-A. I'm at transition. She responds within the minute. I'll come. I respond within the minute. I'm literally about to drop. I want to cry. Ha ha ha. I'm by athletic brew tent. Where's transition? I say, there's a really cute Navy boy SMH. It's next to her coys. And she says coming. Okay. Yeah. So there was like a really cute boy who was there at the Navy tent. I didn't say hi to him because I was like an entire rack of a human being. <laughs> so Alicia comes over after running the beast and uh, I'm telling her, you know what? I I hate this day. I feel awful. I'm having no fun. I just want to drop out and drink beer and eat pizza with my friends. And she's like, dude, do it. Like, there's no point in sending yourself back out on the mountain for another like six hours of misery. 
don't do that. You're just going to burn yourself out worse. Your ankle is fat as fuck right now. Just come hang out with us and come eat food and everything's going to be okay. So yeah, that's the story of why I dropped out of my ultra. I do not regret it. I think that if I had continued on that loop, I would have ended up dropping later on and it would have been pointless for me to give myself any more of an injury than I already have. My ankle is pissed. Oh, and guess what? I'm starting the Colorado Trail on Friday. I am starting a 500-mile backpacking trip on Friday where we will be covering more than 20 miles a day. So is there any point to injuring myself worse just to prove to, I don't know, the internet, my ego, that I'm tough? I know I'm tough. I Like, the shit that I've done, I know that I'm tough. I know that if I really wanted to, I would have turned around on that mountain and gotten back out there and fucking walked the rest of that loop. It wasn't in the cards for me today. And I have 100% made my peace with that. And I know, I mean, for God's sakes, I was originally signed up for the beast, right? I was originally signed up for a shorter distance and I turned around and changed to the ultra. So I have no regrets about my actions. I think you're not really an ultra runner until you've DNF'd something. I feel really proud of my effort. I'm really proud that I finished the first transition or my first loop. I'm proud that I hung tough on obstacles and yeah. I'm just happy about what I put in the work on this weekend. And it was a good lesson. It's a good learning lesson in a different way than my usual learning lessons. Because this entire year, I've kind of been in the mindset of all that I'm working towards is mindset growth. Every single weekend that I'm doing some ridiculous hard adventure, I just keep telling myself that, you know, if it sucks, it's just making me a stronger human. Like it's making my mindset stronger and I'm learning how to suffer. And I think every experience is a lesson in, well, you know, I know I can do this. And when I complete this, it'll be another notch on my belt of knowing I can do something really stupid and hard. That is what I'm telling myself about the year. However, I'm kind of done fucking suffering. I'm done racing for a while. Honestly, I really do miss strength training. I've been looking back on a lot of videos and stuff from CrossFit and I do really miss it. I miss feeling strong. My back is still messed up. My SI joint is still a little out of place. I can't really pull anything from the floor, but I'm hoping that I'll be able to. I'm hoping I didn't herniate a disc or anything. Honestly, that is kind of my main concern is that I herniated something and I'm just too scared to go to the doctor <laughs> to find out. I did go to the chiropractor and he didn't say anything about it, but then again, those guys are kind of like shamans. Like who knows if a, a chiropractor would really be able to tell if I have a herniated disc. I think that's my plan when I go back to California, just see what's going on with my back and um, go back to CrossFit, go back to strength training find something new to focus on for a little bit because I'm just tired of racing and that's the general attitude of a lot of people that I've spoken with this weekend at the race. I think a lot of us are kind of over racing. We're over traveling really far for races and then just there's so much to see in this world that it's like why dedicate ourselves fully to one aspect of running? I have a 100 miler in October that I'm gearing up for as well. I think that through hiking, the Colorado Trail is going to be really great kind of prep. That's really great base training, honestly, for ultra running. I am ready to go on a little through hike, not run for a month, just 
hang out with Alex and eat lots of food and walk really far and soak up these freaking views because this area is almost exactly where we're going to be walking through. Uh, the Colorado Trail goes through uh, Ure, Ure, and Telluride and these little mountain towns in the southwestern portion of Colorado, which is my favorite portion of Colorado. So I am just excited to hang out in the mountains with my bestie and recover. And then... You guys, I said on the last episode, oh yeah, I might move to Hawaii. So I'm going to Hawaii for a month. I will be there. I will be on the island of Oahu from August 16th until September 15th. I'm going with my best friend Tess and we are staying at a long-term Airbnb in Waikiki and I'm just going to surf every day. I'm going to chill the fuck out. I'm going to run lots of miles around the island. I'm going to see all the volcanoes. I'm going to surf every day. I'm going to run every day. It's going to be so perfect and I'm so excited. Honestly, something I've really been struggling with these last, I say last week. The last week was when my homesickness kind of hit me. I saw a woman who looked like my mom at the drillhead in the Tetons and it made me cry because my whole family's hanging out without me. And then as I've spent all this time in the mountains, I'm just realizing I do really miss the ocean. I love California. I really love California. I love Malibu. I love Santa Monica. I love the mountains of Malibu. I I do really, really miss my home. And it's weird because when I left, I didn't really feel like Malibu was home. But I'm maybe realizing that I might be meant to be in Los Angeles, which is kind of the point of this whole trip. The point of this whole trip was to see as much of the world as I could in three months and figure out what my actual purpose is and do something that I love and really dedicate energy to the content creation and everything. And I'm kind of realizing that maybe I would be okay going back. I wouldn't go back full time. That's for sure. I I have already spoken with my lab director about me coming back part-time so that's in the cards like maybe a three-day a week kind of setup but I'm thinking that maybe I am meant to be in Malibu but who knows I still have you know two months left of this leave of absence and there's lots of other things I want to accomplish in the next two months but I'm definitely missing the ocean right now I'm missing the peace and clarity that it gives me and truly I really miss my friends I I'm fiercely independent. I do not like to rely on other people for things. I don't like to feel like I'm tied down to one spot, but I really love my setup in California. So I think that's kind of what I'm realizing and I'm okay with that. And I still have two months of the leave to figure this shit out, but that's kind of the headspace that I am currently in right now. In the interest of being real and being 100% honest. So I have talked maybe a little bit on the podcast previously about my history with disordered eating and eating disorders and all that kind of stuff, which I feel like it's a lot more common to be vocal about it now, especially in uh, the OCR world. A lot of us are having very open communications about it. So something I have struggled with in the past is disordered eating. So in college, that was my main way of dealing with my anxiety. I would undereat and I would overexercise. So I was running, you know, 30 to 4 miles a week every week in school at the cost of my just 
health like running was my main activity that I did to combat my severe anxiety that I had in school people always say that college is the best four years of your life I that that is definitely not fucking true for me had severe anxiety I will say I've always been very much a perfectionist and in high school I had perfect grades I got almost a full ride uh, scholarship to school for my academics I was playing volleyball I was getting recruited playing college just like a lot of things where I felt a lot of performance anxiety that I never really had the skills to manage nobody ever taught me how to manage those skills and that anxiety so when I went to school my roommate was a bodybuilder and I love her to death this is absolutely nothing on her because we're all just doing the best that we could she would drink raw egg whites at like 10 p.m. if she didn't hit her macros. Everything that she ate was weighed and counted and logged. And I had never, I didn't really have a history with dieting prior to this. Like I obviously had downloaded like my fitness pal in high school, but then just was like, this is stupid. I'm not doing this. And it wasn't until I was roommates with Kira that I discovered the dieting world really and felt like the way that I was eating was incorrect because it wasn't carefully controlled, which as a perfectionist that, you know, you always feel like there's something you could be doing better. And so I was like, oh, wow. Like, I something's wrong with me that I'm not you know counting my calories and tracking my macros and everything and this was also the first semester of college so things were highly stressful you go from having a very structured life in high school and you're living at home to college where you're on your own and you're figuring out how to make things work I was an engineering major so my first semester of engineering was very highly stressful trying to figure out what field I wanted to go into and getting just thrown into very difficult courses the weed out courses like physics one I was in calc two uh you know gen chem like all these just stupid basic sciences that I think if I went to school again now I think I would have a lot healthier of a mindset with it but that's neither here nor there point is I very much had a results-oriented mindset when it came to school I was only concerned about my grades I didn't really know how to study I've always been pretty smart so I was able to just get by on things without too much struggle but uh, college is a whole different ballgame so I was like actually diagnosably OCD so someone came into my DMs and like attacked me for saying I was OCD in 2016 when I literally had a diagnosable like problem I was planning my day out to the minute I lived by my planner and I felt horrible compulsive anxiety if things didn't go correctly and I also felt so much guilt about not getting things done in a timely fashion like I I was procrastinating but also just extremely horribly stressed out about my life and everything going on and I felt a lack of control and my way of trying to control was by overly planning and obsessing that also carried over into food so when you have a tendency for perfectionism and like compulsion for perfectionism food is a really dangerous area to get into that kind of thing with I was I underate like the entirety of my college experience all four years of school I would skip at least one meal a day anytime I felt hungry I would just ignore it and let it pass and um you know just it wasn't that I wanted to lose weight or feel lighter or thinner or anything 
I I genuinely just the only way I could create any kind of control over my life and my anxiety was by not eating, which is horrendous. It's an awful feeling. You never feel good because you're always super low energy. Seriously, those four years of college were the worst years of my entire life. I don't think I would be friends with myself if I met me back then now, you know, like I was just so and I felt very insecure and I wasn't really happy with a lot of aspects of my life, but didn't really know how to fix them because in college, the mindset is just grind through it, like get through it, get over it. And then, you know, life gets better post-grad, which it does. I've never been happier in my entire life than I am post-grad. And I feel like I'm actually figuring out who I am and I fucking like who I am. Okay. Referring back to the Jesus boys and the you're too much of a sinner to have anything interesting to say thing. I fucking like who I am. I like my chaos. Okay. But I didn't really know that I was chaotic back then. I didn't understand my power. And that's pretty much the basis of my background with disordered eating is just this desire for control and wanting to feel like I could, I don't know, like change something in my life by not eating and controlling my hunger. The problem is that it's kind of my default stress response. So when things are kind of going poorly, my first thing is eating goes out the window. So I was working with a dietitian for a while. I think you guys knew this. I was working with Corinna Coffin for a couple months while I was um, just dialing stuff in. And I loved working with Corinna and also something that really changed my mindset with food is when I went to the Go Ruck Games, I stayed in a house of very talented athletes, like all very professional-ish athletes who do their craft very well. And the thing that I noticed the most was that everyone was just constantly eating, like everyone was eating all the time and after staying in the house this past weekend with all the pro athletes it's the same story everyone's just eating all the time and it's so great to see and it's very healing for my own background with eating disorder stuff uh however it's still my default mechanism to just not eat like the second that eating becomes a struggle and becomes challenging I don't do it I just I I don't do it I don't cook I don't make myself meals so something that has been bubbling up for me a lot with this is living in the Prius it's obviously very difficult for me to cook for myself it is difficult to store food it's difficult to cook and I'm tired and it hasn't been good for my eating disorder to have absolutely zero structure with meals. And something I loved about being at my job was that I got breakfast and lunch every day. Like they made me breakfast and lunch every day. So it wasn't really an option to not eat because it was right there, even if I was tired of whatever they were making. I am figuring out how I want to combat that. Thankfully, I only have a couple more days left in the Prius before I'm backpacking full time and I do a lot better with structure backpacking. I just force myself to eat all day. And then in Hawaii, obviously I'll have an actual stationary home. So that means I will be able to, oh, there's another car driving by who wanted to look at the view. I'm happy for them. (laughs) 
So in Hawaii, I'll have some more structure and stuff. But yeah, that's it. just in the sake of being completely honest on this podcast about everything going on with me. I am dealing with some eating disorder tendencies and trying to work through them. Uh, it's just a, you know, a factor of having no structure in my life, period. Uh, Something I started doing to try and add more structure to my life is I started a like to-do list, like a bullet journal, where I write down all the actions I need to complete for the day. And I'm also kind of unconsciously creating more structure for myself with my content. So I love doing my creative work in the morning. I think I talked about this on a previous podcast. I read this book. It's called Peak Performance. Everyone should read it, regardless if you're an athlete, a creator, an artist, etc. It's great, helpful tips for how you can maximize your energy in your life for peak performance. So something it talks about in the book is what time of day you are able to function the best oh I said creative work in the morning that's false I like to do my creative work in the evening and my structured work in the morning for example when I was working full-time and doing double days I would always do my crossfit workout in the morning and my running workout in the evening and the reason for this I tried switching them around and I never felt good like I am not a morning runner I'm not a person who wants to get up in the morning and go for a run it's just not really how it's not what makes me happy it doesn't bring me energy it makes me feel more tired and I think the reason for that is that my running time is my unstructured flowy creative time my running time is the time of day where I get to just think about things I get to process what's going on in my day. It's my me time. I That's why I love to run. I mean, I'm very grumpy if I don't run. And it's because I just don't have that time by myself to think about what's going on. So I have always very much been an evening runner. Even in school, I would literally run at like 11 p.m. if I had to, um, just based on whatever, how busy I was that day. I love running in the evening. I was never meant to get my runs done early in the morning. My CrossFit workouts are my structured work. That is the work where I am thinking. It requires more mental energy. It is just more structured given, you know, the nature of the movements. I'm not just free flowy running. I actually have to think through, you know, the workout that I'm doing. I need to count reps. I need to consider my body positioning for lifts I need to think about strategy so I accidentally structured my whole life in a way that aligns with my chronotype so that is what it's called to have a propensity for a certain time of day to get a certain kind of work done the book taught me that your creative work is best done when your brain is occupied but in like an unstructured way so when I'm running seriously I get so many ideas for TikToks and so much content ideas like things just kind of come to me and that's because my whole body is occupied so my brain is free to just do whatever it wants I am trying to figure out how to translate that to my current life (laughs) since I'm not doing CrossFit I'm not lifting uh, I do have my mountain bike I'm not really sure that mountain biking is a structured activity though because I think it's even more free flowy than running honestly it's even more you can just chill and your body will do the work so I'm not sure if that means waking up in the morning and doing clerical content administrative type stuff or life coaching perhaps or 
I'm still kind of working through how I'm structuring my life. I should probably tell you, I should probably give you guys some more knowledge of uh, how you can tell what your chronotype is. So one of the examples it gives in the book is what time of day would you prefer to do something strenuous? Like say you have to take a really hard test and you say you're completely prepared. It's not a matter of getting in any last minute preparation. What time of day would you like to take the test? And personally, I prefer to take my test first thing in the morning. My brain is fresh. I don't have any more stressful studying to try and complete. I can just relax and, you know, take the test. I loved engineering school because I felt like my tests were kind of like a a challenge, almost like a puzzle. I hated a lot of school and it stressed me out a lot and grades stressed me out. But at the root of it, I do love learning. So, Every time I walked into a test, it always made me happy because I'm like, ooh, I get to be challenged today. How exciting. And that is something, you know, I've thought about going back to school. Honestly, I've thought about, you know, getting my PhD someday. But right now, that's just not really conducive for my lifestyle. What time of day would you prefer to take a really hard test that you are actually fully prepared for? It makes structuring your life a lot easier when you know what time of day you're best at doing things. Another thing I've really been struggling with in doing content full time is feeling guilty about how long stuff takes me oh god how long stuff takes me if that makes sense so um creative work just takes time and I expect myself to get things done very quickly and that just isn't really conducive for creative work oh my god is today Wednesday oh today's Wednesday I'm flying to Denver tomorrow I have so much work see like today today I have a lot of work I need to get done I need to post I need to edit and post the pod I need to uh, pack my stuff up for the trip I need to get all my things together and being unstructured just isn't really great for that there is a lot of stuff I would like to get done before I start the trail and that includes the YouTube channel that I keep telling you guys I'm going to focus on and then I get insanely busy and I don't vlog anything and then the whole thing turns into a mess but Yeah. So for the trail to happen, we need to cover 20 plus miles a day, which is frightening. (laughs) I definitely see that number and I feel fearful because my feet are the worst, by the way. I get the worst blisters. I get the worst. Oh, I'm going to have to do some serious foot prevention. That's a lot of food we're going to have to eat on a daily basis and a lot of miles and a lot of hours every day. However, I do feel very excited and grateful that I have the opportunity to do this and I'm happy that someone's coming with me. Something that's really interesting is that when people ask me, how do I start this? How do I do this? I My go-to answer is you just do it. Like there's no, there's no tip. There is no quick trick that is going to prepare you for something like this or you know people who say oh I want to start running I don't know where to start I'm like you just literally put on a pair of shoes and you run like a mile like it's not there's no like formula to starting anything like this you just kind of do it so I'm carrying that mindset forward with me into the trail and I'm reminding myself that it's okay to be scared and that it's okay to look at this as a growth opportunity because as amazing and beautiful and fun as it's going to be there are going to be moments of struggle 
and there's going to be some good old-fashioned suffering in the outdoors, my favorite. There have been a lot of thunderstorms lately, so I'm hoping we don't get caught in any crazy lightning or anything, which we almost guaranteed. We are almost guaranteed to. That's kind of the most nerve-wracking part about being in the Rockies in the summer is the thunderstorms and the most dangerous part. I am trying to figure out where my head is at going into the trail because I am walking a fine line between not feeling fully prepared, but also no in my heart that I can do this and this is something I'm built for and something that I am good at until I start also I won't fully know what I'm in for coming out of Denver it's extremely flat for about 100 miles so we're gonna be covering probably 25 miles a day in those early days just walking hiking talking eating and you know just practicing some relentless forward motion but above all else I am grateful that I get to do these things. I love backpacking. Backpacking is probably my favorite outdoor activity. Like I love mountain biking and I love trail running, but backpacking seriously has my heart. There's nothing like carrying everything that you need for a month in a backpack and walking. <laughs> I The longest backpacking trip I've ever been on is eight days and that was in the Grand Canyon uh, last April. And that was a trip that fully changed my life. I look at that trip and that was such a catalyst for a lot of the experiences that I'm having today where I'm learning, you know, the value of suffering even more than I did when I started ultra running and embracing the idea of slow but forward motion as the best kind of motion and having a long hard walk to see some beautiful beautiful sights. So these are all the things that I'm carrying with me into my through hiking adventure and I hope it goes well. I hope Alex and I don't want to kill each other within the first couple days. I hope that the mosquitoes aren't too crazy. I hope I don't get struck by lightning. I hope my food doesn't get eaten by a bear. I <laughs> I am excited to walk for an entire month. I do feel like I've covered everything I really wanted to cover today and it's a little bit shorter than I was expecting. I, I, I always give you guys a little bit of a dating update at the end, so I'm just going to give you a little update. Uh, I haven't really been talking to anybody. I did set my hinge location on a Telluride because um, why not? I think it's hilarious to just swipe through. I wasn't intending to actually go on dates with anybody. I'm not really seriously talking to anybody right now and it's so freeing and uh, I saw this TikTok and it said, I'm not myself when I'm in love and unfortunately that really resonated with me and I don't like it and it got me thinking about a lot of stuff. Mm. I I really like who I am and I really enjoy being single and I like doing my own thing and I like not having to worry about another person. <sighs> I hate liking people. It, it's so draining and there's so much energy involved and it's kind of stressful when you actually start becoming attached to somebody. And so that's why I've become a lot pickier of the people who I'm getting attached to. Part of the celibacy thing, hashtag celibacy 2022, it's it's going great. Um, so yeah, part of that is not letting myself get attached to people who don't really deserve it until they prove that they are trustworthy and valuable of my time and my energy because like I know what I have to offer another person like I I am a hundred percent invested in the people I get in relationships with and 
that's not a problem unless you only date guys who are emotionally unavailable and don't want you. So I am very much enjoying this period of more singleness. I The six-month boy cleanse fucking rocked and I'm kind of in like a mini boy cleanse right now. Like I just have no intention of settling down or dating anybody at the moment. I think that I don't really have the bandwidth for it at the moment, especially living in my Prius and traveling full-time. I'm truly doing my own thing and not focusing on the future. I'm living in the moment. I'm being present and doing whatever I want to do, whatever sounds the most fun to me. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think the 20s are your time to do that. Your 30s are your time to settle down. Nobody says settle down in your 20s. It's settle down in your 30s. Live your life. Do what you want to do. Be chaotic. Live in your car. Be a gremlin. Love your friends. Be with your people and embrace this phase of your life because it won't last forever it won't last forever. I keep reminding myself of, you know, when I'm like 45 and I have five kids, (laughs) five kids, I either want zero kids or want five kids, I swear, Uh, that I will be looking back on these days and I will be so grateful that I took this time for myself. And also life is so short. Oh my God, you guys, I read this book. It's called Smoke Gets in Your Eyes and it's about, it's a memoir. It's written by this girl who worked in a crematory when she was 23 and she's very much still in the death industry. And in the book, she talks about how Americans are so separated from the experience of death right now like how few of us have actually seen like a corpse or a cadaver and we've definitely never seen a decomposing cadaver like that's so never gonna happen in my life and how that having access to corpses changes your perspective because you have a greater understanding of what your life is worth and I would I don't know. The book has just really got me thinking about how short life is like in a good way. So when I was, I had severe depression, by the way, my sophomore year of college, I was on this birth control pill and I was sleeping like 16 hours a day and I couldn't get out of bed. And I was actually contemplating suicide, but not in like not forming plans or anything, but just in the way that everything felt so hopeless and bleak that I didn't feel like my life was worth living. It's so fucking sad to look back on. And I'm just like, wow, my brain chemistry was really fucked. (laughs) But so when I was really fucking depressed, I was thinking about how life is so short. And I, you know, like today I'm 20, but I'm going to be 40 and then I'll basically be dead. Like that is actually where my brain was when I was depressed. And that's how I knew I was really depressed and needed help. (laughs) So I went to CAPS. I got off my birth control. It took like a long time for my brain chemistry to go back to normal but then I just had regular anxiety I didn't have severe depression haha and so yeah back when I was surprised I thought about death and like such a negative like oh my god my life is so short and I'm just gonna be dead and nothing matters blah 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 I'm kind of using this reframing of death that I learned from this book to consider how I want to live nothing is guaranteed tomorrow is not guaranteed you might as well like when I I think I mentioned this story on the podcast when I was in Yosemite last July with my best friend Tess and we we got chased by that bear. All I could think about was the fact that I was 22 and I was working corporate America and I had so much left to see the world and I didn't get to see it. That was such a driver for me taking leave of absence and living my life this way. That was the first time that I actually felt like I was in mortal danger and that my life could end <laughs> in a very scary way. And 
it brought very positive perspective to my life that I didn't have before. And that was brought into perspective again when my friend Tess's dad died, which made me move into my Prius. And then again, after reading this book. So I think if there's anything I can leave this episode with is that having some perspective of death isn't a bad thing. It's very taboo to talk about death in our culture right now, but it's truly the only thing that we all it's the only experience we all have in common, right? Like we are all going to die. We are all mortal beings as much as we try to prolong life. We are all going to die. And as much as we avoid thinking about it, it's just a fact of this life. And it doesn't have to be scary. And it can be helpful to reframe your goals and your long-term ideas of how you want to live your life. That was actually one of the premises of The Happy Runner, which I think I told you all to read as well. That book, it starts talking about death. And I was like, oh, this is kind of dark. But now after reading Smoke Smoke Gets in the Eyes, I have a healthier perspective, I think of death and dying so I highly recommend that book if you haven't heard of it it was so interesting it was so witty it was well written she's a great writer she's intelligent and humorous and it brought a lot of I don't know thinking into my existence I read it in like a day backpacking because I was so obsessed it was so good and I like to read books that are nonfiction. I like to read thought-provoking books I want to take things away from the books that I read like it feels productive to do so and yeah that one was pretty fundamental in forming my thought process of these last two weeks or so yeah I like that I like that as a ending here as always if you enjoyed the pod please review it or rate it. I I went on Apple Podcasts and I literally, I cried when I read the reviews. You guys are so kind and I, I really do read the reviews and it's, it, I can't believe that this is something people actually enjoy because to me, it's just my time to think about random things and talk about running and my life and everything. And so it is so intensely gratifying that you guys actually enjoy it. So yeah, please continue to review the pod. It makes me cry. And I want to do something where I like read reviews on the pod and like give recognition to people. I think that would be a really sweet thing to do. So if you like that idea, go ahead and DM me. Um, I, again, I'm still looking for lots of feedback. I want to improve this podcast. I want to be better. I want to be the best. I want to do this uh, as as well as I can. I hate half-assing stuff. So please provide me with your feedback and let me know what you think I should do, right? Um, I appreciate all your input. You can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on TikTok. I am making hella content these days. If you want to go see some sick-ass reels, go on my <laughs> Instagram, Max Shea Smith. Uh, follow the pod on Instagram. And I think that's everything. Oh, yeah. And as always, send it to your hottest friend. Send it to your mom. Tell her I love her. Um, and go forth and live your life the way you want to, y'all. Because as we have talked about today, you only have this one life probably to do the things that you want to do and take risks and be courageous. So I encourage you to do so. It is the best thing you can do for yourself. I love all of you and I hope you have an incredible day. And I hope that the full moon was good for you. I hope you journaled and set some intentions and, uh, charge your crystals. I charge my crystals out here. God, I love this podcast and I love you all for listening. And I hope that as much of an unscripted nightmare as this was, I hope that you liked it and enjoyed it. Okay. So I love you all. I hope you have an amazing day. Um, You're so sexy. Okay. Bye. Bye.